You're listening to The Prime Podcast, the young adult culture of Abundant Living Faith Center with Cruz Ramirez and Mark McGaffin. Hey there, my people, prime people. I want to welcome you out to another edition of The Prime Culture Podcast. I'm sitting here in the studio with Cruz Ramirez. Hey, what it is? Man, we're so glad to have you with us today. We got some really good stuff to get into, Let's but go, before man. we do that, I have to ask you guys a question, and I just want to hear the biggest lies only parents say. You're the most beautiful boy in the world. You're so... <laughs> what a beautiful... God, you yeah, like just overgassed me up, bro. I'm not that good looking. It's just like, hey there, Junior. Wow. I want to tell you something. You can be anything. Lies. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, but I think I think that that's probably the most significant. Maybe we won't call it lie, right? It's an untruth. Right or it's a comp- in, sure. it's a total sham. Sure, like I see where they're coming from because I believe in my kid's potential. I believe that I totally out of doubt. Right, but like I'm not gonna tell my kid you're gonna be the president. I don't know that she could be. Now you, everyone are probably like you're probably getting mad at me, right? But it's like I don't know. Like you can be whatever you want to be. I don't know that I believe that. Yeah, I don't know either. I think that. I think it has a lot of good intentions behind it, and we're believing in our kids, and our parents believed in us for the most part. And like, hey, there's just some people, no matter what you do, no matter how much you work out, you are not going to dunk a basketball. You just cannot do it. Yeah. Unless you get the little spring shoes. Remember the spring shoes? Like you walked around and worked the on car- your calves? The- oh, I thought, dude, I was going to take it way, way back. I thought you were talking about the Car Malone LA gear with the catapults in them. Might as well. Do you remember those, yes or no? Oh, come on, dude. Car- the mailman, of course. Oh, of you remember? Course. The, shoes? the catapults, dude. Okay, so here we go. Cultural exchange. A gift from my generation to your generation. Here we go. L.A. Gear. For a while, there was a, a shoe company called L.A. Gear and British Knights that tried to... Remember you remember BKs? Okay. So L.A. Gear was trying to compete with the Reebok pumps. Okay? So you remember the Reebok pumps? Yeah, oh yeah. Right? You Absolutely. pump it up, right? L.A. Gear had this thing that had a little, like... It was like a paperclip or something in the back. And what it did was when you were about to jump, it was supposed to activate and then release to give you a little extra boost, yeah. right? That was a big lie. Didn't happen, but Carl Malone endorsed them. And so Carl Malone wore the LA gear catapults. I want to build my kids up, right? Yeah. And I want to speak to their potential. I want to be ridiculously positive on what they, what they can accomplish, 100%. who they can be. But I think it's more important that we say, you know, you can really be something yeah and not focus on what you're going to do what what's your kid want to do when he, when he grows up and i think that's a, a tough question because then we put some pressure on the back end but it should be about who you can be you know i think i, I love i love that point right there mark immediately right um you know like the the last few the last few recordings we've been talking about be about it right, right. Yeah, yeah and one of the things that i that i that i don't want to throw my parents under the bus um but one of the things that I want, I, I wish my, my parents had done better with me is rather than saying, because uh, they said you can be anything, what they were talking about, what to do. But I, but I exactly. wish I wish I had I'd had more investment on here's the person you should be, right? Regardless of what you do, here's who you should be. Yeah. I feel like I feel like in my 30s, that's what I was learning. I was learning who to be rather than pursuing what to do. Yeah, that's true. I mean, for sure. Yeah, I think that's really big because if we focus on what we're going to do, a lot of times that 
isn't necessarily connected with who we're becoming. Right. But if we focus on who we're becoming, then I think that really can drive what we do. And so focusing inward on what God's doing with our life, um, the person we're becoming, who we are on the inside, who we're becoming becomes so important because we live in a culture that is driven by what we do. Absolutely. And that's where you find your worth. That's where you find your status is what do you do? What are you going yeah. to school for? Especially Absolutely. if you're listening today and you're you're on your way to class or perhaps you're at the gym or driving around, whatever you're at, at work, and it's all about what are you doing? What, what are you going to college for? Like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do with your life? That's always the question. And that starts like when you're a sophomore in freaking high school, bro. Well, absolutely. It's like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? It's like, I, I actually, I just, I'm a freshman. I was hoping to maybe play sports. I don't, I don't know. Maybe join a club. <laughs> uh, can we talk about this in like three years? Maybe? For real. You know for what I mean? Real. So I even talked to, to uh, students that are freshmen in, in college that there were already is a bunch of pressure of what are you going to do? And they're like, I'm not exactly sure. And now we feel like we're behind. Yeah. We're playing catch yeah. up with our life because yeah. there's so much pressure on what are you going to do? Yeah. I love that you brought this up, but I, I hate the result of people always asking, what are you going to do? So I just turned 40 last September, right? Um, and there's this pressure that comes from what are you going to do? Because the underlying tone sometimes really leads you to this place of because what you're doing now is not enough. Right, like, hey, well, what do you need to do now? You're 40. What do you need to do now? Hey, what do you like? Where are you gonna go? Are you gonna go do this? Are you gonna go do this? As if where I'm at today is not enough. And I wish, man, I wish those of us who are listening to this, and maybe we start this, this culture in part of who we are, is like, hey, are you enjoying who you're becoming as you're doing what you're doing? Right. Rather than rather than like, oh, man, OK, so you're going to go to grad school now or are you going to have kids now or what are you going to do? Like, hey, man, you're 10 years from 50. What are you going to do? I wish people would ask me more. Hey, are you are you happy with who you, who you are, with who you're becoming? Yeah. You know, because like who I am actually is what gives me joy and happiness. It gives me the sense of prosperity. It gives me a sense of it gives me a sense of purpose yeah. in what I'm doing because you can escape what you're doing. Come on, man. You can't escape who you're becoming. Yeah, that's a great, say that again for the people in the back. The series of these conversations that we've been doing on the podcast um, really started with with the talk that we had at Culture Night on January 2nd, yeah. a few months ago. This is like the missing tape. 100%, yeah, yeah, yeah one, totally. Yep. Um, and this is what we wish we could have unpacked if we had three hours to talk at a Culture Night, right? right? Um, and so what I talked about was, I mean, the, the, the big idea was we want to be about it. We don't just want to do, because that was the tension that we presented at Culture Night. Like, that's the question you ask. On January 2nd, you're asking with all of your New Year's resolutions, what are you going to do? Like, you know, again, but, the, but the, again, there's that, pre, that, that, that premise of the, re, the New Year's resolution. What am I going to do in 2020? Because what I did in 2019 was not enough. I didn't lose enough weight. I didn't go to the gym enough. I didn't, you know, go to church enough, whatever. And what we wanted to do with the culture was, listen, maybe just maybe the investment of focus, the in investment of energy, the investment of, of pursuit isn't just what are you going to do maybe the question becomes who are you going to be right and so what we talked about was um, be about it and we wanted to um, have the culture focus on three things um, for a couple of months right on how to be about it and the first one was belong you know one, one of the first places that we want you to be is we want you to belong right. to know that you have a place that regardless of what you do 
right? We don't measure based on doing. We measure based on belonging, acceptance, right? And so you always belong to God. You always belong to the family of God. And one of the points that I made at that culture night was before you belonged anywhere else, before you belong to UTEP, before you belong to FAFSA, before you belong to the relationship that you enjoy, maybe you don't enjoy, before you belong to anything, people, places, or things, you belong to God, right? And uh, there's a statement that's been emerging for us in our culture that I absolutely love, is that you don't have to believe to belong. Belonging always goes first. And there might be some of you listening to this, and you might say, hey, you know, man, I don't necessarily know that I believe the way prime culture believes, but I enjoy the belonging. I enjoy, I enjoy the community, man. I enjoy the vibes. That's awesome. We love that you're here, right? Absolutely, yeah, But for sure. one of the things that we hope for is that the, that the belonging creates a sense of believing, right? And so um, you can belong, you can believe, right? Before, you, before you're doing, before you worry about what are you going to do about it, we want you to believe the right things. Because what happens, Mark, is that we, um, we get in this trap and we think that my, my doing is going to create the right believing, Right. But the truth is that the right believing always creates the appropriate doing. Right. right? And so uh, we want you to belong, we want you to believe. And this is what we're talking about today. We want you to become. And we think that when you have that, that, that sequence, maybe that pattern, I belong, I believe, then be- becoming always, always follows your belonging, your believing. Yeah. No, I totally agree with that. I think that um, it's important for all of us that are listening um, to understand that even if you're not intentional, about what you're becoming, you're still becoming something. That's brilliant. You, even if you don't have a plan, you're still becoming something. Your life is on a path towards somewhere today. Even, listen, even if you don't know the destination, you're on your way somewhere. We're all becoming something. And so I think it's, I think it's a really big thing for us to, okay, what am I becoming and what is the path? How do we, how do we charter those, those, uh, yeah. those paths? How do we walk yeah. through that? What's that journey look like and where does it all begin and i believe that our becoming starts with our believing it starts on the inside it starts with 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 our thoughts it yeah. starts with how we're processing things i think it starts right there because yeah there's there's scripture for that yeah. and, and don't lose your thought please mark but there's scripture scripture for that proverbs 23 7 right yeah. as a man believes in yeah. his heart so he is that's right. what he becomes so your you're believing absolutely defines and drives your becoming and that, that's, that's, the, that's the awesome thing because if you could change the way you believe, you can change the way you live. That's you great. can change it. I, don't, I can't change. Then start that's changing great. your believing and you can change everything. You can change it. And maybe well, maybe won't happen in a week or in a day or, or in a year, but you can start changing your believing. You can change the way you live your life and you can, and you can make a, a huge change. And then I think the next part, it, it's also in scripture, is that out of the abundance of our heart, then our mouth speaks. So I think it starts with your believing, but then it's going to come out of your mouth. Yeah. Your words are so, so big when it comes to what you're becoming. It's huge. Yeah, I, th- I think, you know, I, I, I love this, man. I think if we're going to start unpacking um, what you're speaking, what you're, what you're becoming, and what you're believing, you know, I, to me it's like, like you've, you've, let's just solidify the point, right? You have to believe the right things right? You have to believe the right things. And if we're going to just lean into the whole thought process of 
becoming the tension of becoming i think i think a lot of times we like the idea of what do you do because it's easier to define it's easier to measure it's easier to feel like i have good merit badges right i've got trophies that's what you get the high fives for 100 right right you like you did great yeah dude right high like five. like so i'm let, let's shout out let's shout out drake right they don't give trophies for the for the trip Right. There's no trophies for that. You get the trophies for, man, I got the job. Man, we just got married. Man, here's the selfies from the honeymoon. Yeah. Man, I just finished graduate school. Yeah. Man, right? So we celebrate the, the the takeoff and the arrival, but we it's it's hard to celebrate the yeah. journey because there's no measures in the journey. Like yeah. you don't you're not living your dream on the way. Yeah. Right? And so what we like to say is like, yo, mama, I made it. We made it, man. We out here. We made it, right? But no one's throwing parties for man. I'm on my way. Yeah, I'm becoming something. Like I'm on my way. And so I think that one of the things that I think we 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 want you as 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 the culture to really latch onto is that there's nothing wrong with becoming. There's nothing wrong with becoming. And the truth is, we're all becoming something. This is I, I honestly believe this is why the Holy Spirit gave us language like we're building something here. Right. Like, I think that it's not just us speaking first, first, uh, first person saying, Hey man, we're building something here. I think sometimes that's the voice of the Lord coming into our lives and saying, Hey, listen, man, chill. We're building something here. You know, him and us, we're building something here. Right. And man, I, I, I can't tell you how many times I've had these heart wrenching conversations with young 20 somethings who are so hard on themselves because they're in the process of becoming. And it's like, dude, relax, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, enjoy this right here. Enjoy it because the moment you arrive, you recognize, dude, like there's so many other flights taken off the moment you arrive, you know? And there's, and if, if, if you let it culture, family pressure, the pressure you put on yourself is always going to have you jumping on flights and you're going to feel like, man, I'm never ever where I'm supposed to be. And so the, the believing I want you to latch onto is this, I'm always going to be a work in progress, but it's okay. It's okay. God is going to finish what he started in me. I totally agree. I, I, I really see part of the, the issue is that we're, a, um, we're an event-driven mm. culture. Milestones, right? Yeah. yeah. And, but it's, life is events and process. It's good. And the process always leads up to the event, but we don't, see, we don't see the process. Like you're saying, we don't see the process on Instagram. We see the, I made it. Look, this huge event. I'm, I'm, I'm performing where I want to be. I got the job. And I, and I think that one of the biggest dangers for us is that when it's event driven and you're not getting the event, you're not getting the new job, you're not getting the gig, your process hasn't worked yet. And you're like, I'm, I, I should be somewhere else right now. Then it breeds so much insecurity. Well, maybe I'm not good enough right. or, and, and I think as followers of Christ, let's take it a step further. I think that we, we say that God's no respecter of person. He loves all of us and he has abundant life for all of us. But then if we are really, really honest and we take a look at the highlight reel, if I don't have the same highlights or as many highlights, then there must be something wrong with me. Maybe, maybe God is mad. Maybe mm. I did something and he's withholding something mm. from me. And I think that we have to be really careful when we're viewing life as events versus the process. That's wonderful, man. I, I, I absolutely love that. I want to, I want to kind of like lean into that, that statement of like, man, maybe God is mad at me. And I think, I think sometimes we revert to that kind of thinking and it's easy to go to that kind of thinking again, because we're able to get these events, right? These milestones. Okay. Well, if God is mad, if God's not, not happy with me, if God's mad at me, well, I can do this and I can do this and I can do this and I can create a checklist yeah. to get him good with me. Where, and, and I'm not saying that's, that's good. Actually, that's not good at all, right? Where I really worry, though, is 
people who in the process, in the meantime and in between time, who get to this place where it's like not even it's not even there's an emotion attached where like God is good with me, God's angry with me. There's just this whole thought of, man, God must have forgot about me. Yeah. I'm just out here in limbo. Yeah. I just like I, it's just me now. God, God, God just must have left me. And what happens if we're not careful, man, especially in your 20s, in your young adulthood, like if, if we measure God's presence with our arrival at these events, like, dude, like it's, 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 we'll convince ourselves that God is not real, that God is not with us, but he's as much a God of the arrival as he is a God of the process. Absolutely. You know, like right now in our church, we're teaching, um, we're teaching God is right. And it's, it's a study. It's a deep dive on Psalm 23, the 23rd Psalm. Do yourself a favor and go read it when you get a chance, right. you Check know, the, for free on our church app. and here, there you go. 100%. Right there for free. It's a phenomenal teaching, yeah. right? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want, etc. And in, in, uh, next week, uh, well, this is neither here nor there. I don't know when you're going to be listening to this, right? But one of, one of one of the the teaching points is, "Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, because you're with me." And I think that really just encapsulates such an incredible perspective for this talk, right? Like, no, none of us like to admit that I'm walking through a valley, that I'm walking through a process, that I'm walking through something. Um, but I think if we're being honest with ourselves, like there's such a powerful statement in that, man, I'm walking through it and I'm not walking through it alone. Right. And so he's a God who's in, yeah, he'll celebrate the, the starting, the finish. He's alpha and omega, but he's also everything in between. He's a faithful friend. He's a, a constant presence. Right. And so, yeah, I'm walking through this and God didn't forgive me or God didn't forget me. He's with me, you know, and I just want to, I, I just want to take a moment, um, and, and, and encourage you to think about this, man. Like if, if you look closely at where you're at and what you're becoming and the tension of your life where the event and the process don't line up, right? I love that, Mark, right? Um, you, you could probably see the, finger, the fingerprints of God or his presence and really recognize, man, like first of all, me even being in this tension is a miracle, Right. Me even being here is a miracle. And if I look closely, God's been with me the whole time. So he's not angry. He's not he's not aloof. He's not indifferent or apathetic to my situation or to my to my story. He's actually present. Right. And me not being where I want to be yet has has no bearing on whether or not I'm acceptable, approved or loved by God. He's with me. He's walking with me through the valley of the shadow of death. I'm not alone. I don't fear evil. I don't fear aloneness. I don't fear rejection, right? I may not where, be where I want to go, but I'm becoming. Yeah. I'm on my way, you know? Yeah, and I think that's good. I, I want to give like just a, almost a word of, I, I don't know, warning or caution to those of you out there that are listening and you're kind of in this place where you feel twisted about the whole thing. You just don't feel right about it. You have a lot of... Uh, thoughts emotions that are raging about this whole i'm not where i think i should be right now and i, I want to encourage you and just caution you to be very very careful in the place that you're at right mm. now because if you're not careful what you will tend to do even though you may not verbalize it what you could begin to do is attach every single negative thought and emotion about this and that every relationship that you have in this in the middle and begin to attach it to your relationship with God. Because my mom rejected me, maybe this means that God's rejected me. And we begin to, and I've seen it time and time again where we, we begin to connect and just kind of uh, cherry pick, right? Yeah. The emotions and yeah. begin to place them in. And then we find ourselves because it's our, it's our believing, 
then it's our speaking. The next one would be our actions. They kind of line up together. It leads us to a path, and then we talk to people. And I don't know. I'm just going to – I'll speak for myself. But I, I talk to people who will be like, you know what? I never thought I'd be at this place. Having the th- kind of thoughts I'm having, having the kind of um, – the kind of emotional baggage that I'm having, the anger that I'm having, the angst I'm having. I don't feel right when I sit at church. I can't pray the same. I can't worship the same. I, I, I think that um, you highlighting that is going gonna, is gonna to bless so many people who are listening to. Like I'm sitting here just being blessed and, and challenged to confront my thinking in, in that kind of attention. As you're listening to this, I'm, we may be the closest thing to a time machine you'll get to today. Right. I'm 20. If you're a 20 year old, I'm 20 years in your future. Right. And one of the things that I wish I had known better or understood more profoundly when I was in my 20s, when I was a 20, 20 year old college student was this, that there are patterns and there are cycles in my life that are going to repeat, repeat themselves often. It's not a wrong thing. Right. Being in a state of flux, being in a state of evolution, of change, of becoming will never go away. It will never, ever go away. And I love that you just put your finger on that mark that we've got to be so careful, so careful with the emotions that we allow to label us, right? Or even allowing emotions to label us, period, right? The the tension that I'm in, here's the thought that came to me right now while you were talking. The tension that I'm in right now may explain me. It may explain why I feel the way I feel. It may explain what's happening, but it does not have to define me. You know, and a lot of times I've made the mistake of allowing those emotions of frustration, of desperation, of, of just, of competition, whatever, right? While I could have explained them and yeah, the, the tension of becoming, I can explain why I feel the way I feel. I allowed them to define me and I became, I became the guy with a chip on his shoulder. And I became the guy who just became uber competitive and just would drive, drive, drive. I became the workaholic. I became the guy who attached, I'm going to work 80, and this is before I was in ministry, right? But I'm going to work 80, 90 hours a week or whatever because I have to be. I have to be this kind of a husband and I have to be this kind of a father. And I have to be, and my being was measured by my paycheck, by bonusing, by accomplishments, right? And it was all driven by the wrong emotion and the wrong thinking, dude. My goodness, that's powerful. So part of the lie I think that happens too is is we describe it as a season. (laughs) But what you're stuck in is a cycle. Come on. And then unless you jump out of the cycle, you'll continually say, I've just been in this season of, of disappointment. I've just been in this season of being rejected. I've been in this season... Friend, I don't really think that you're in a season. I think you're in a cycle, and you have to make a choice to change the way that you're believing so you can change the way you're speaking, so you can change the way that you're living. Your life is going in a direction, and it doesn't happen on accident. And your believing has so much to do with how you're becoming. And I, I'm just telling you right this. like God is really interested not just in the events and not just in, in the big pieces of your process. God is interested in the, the minute, small details of your life. There's nothing that you're feeling right now, nothing that you're thinking right now, nothing that you're going through that does not matter to him. I believe the God we serve is a God of the process. And if you are stuck in a cycle, part of the process that God wants for you is to get you freedom and get you out to where you can live the life that he came to give you. It's an abundant life. It's not a halfway life. It's not a, I'm clawing to make it kind of life. It's a life of freedom. It's a life of joy. It's a life of peace. It's a life of strength. And so stop striving. 
Stop striving and trying to get God to like you mm. and try and trying to get him to love you and trying to get his blessing and just receive the free gift he has. Receive rest, receive peace. Say, I'm jumping out of this cycle. I choose to start a new season. Let's just pause there real quick, right? Like as you're listening, I want you to just take a moment and if you need to, hit the, the 15 second rewind about four or five times. You need to hear what Mark just said. Seriously, I, I, I wish I had learned this 10 years ago. Like I'm, I'm, I, I wish you were in the studio right now. Like I'm on the verge, man. Like seriously, you have no idea how much, how profoundly that ministers to me. Cause I fight this man. I fight, I, I fight wanting to, wanting to, to soothe bad thinking with this sense of timing. It's just a season, but it's bad thinking. Like that is such a strong, strong thought, man. And like, seriously, like if you, if, if you're, if you haven't rewind it, listen to this again, because it will bless you. Like you've got to, we've got to just crash and break these cycles of the wrong thought and calling them pattern, calling them seasons of our life, man. You know, when I'm 35, it's going to be different. No, it's not. No, it's not. You know, when, when I get married, it's going to be different. No, it's not. Now you, now there's two on you of this ride. You know, when, when whatever fill in the blank, when I do no, it won't change. It will not change. When it changes is when your believing changes. Mark, that was, that was so powerful. Um, let, let, let's, let's give them some thought. Um, and I want, I want to drive this somewhere. Um, let, let, let's give them some thought on how to latch onto the right things, right? The right believing, the right behavior that drives our becoming, right? As you're, as you were talking, I was reminded of a, of a thought that I had, um, around Philippians one, six, you know, those, the three of us are familiar with Philippians 1, 6, right? It's, it's an incredible statement that Paul makes. And he says, you know, I'm being confident of he who began a good work is faithful to complete it and perfect it until, until the day of Christ, right? Um, and he starts off and he, he pretty much defines whose job is what in this, in this partnership that we have with Jesus, right? And so he says, here's the jobs, right? God's job is to start the work and finish the work. Your job is to be confident. Like it's, it's, it's having the right believing, right? Yeah. And, and when he says be confident of this, what he's saying is be convinced, be persuaded. It's, it's a state of mind and it's a state of believing and it's a disposition of your spirit where I can't be talked out of it. I'm not going to live to the experience of my circumstances. I'm going to live to the expectation of my faith and my believing in God. I'm being confident of this. That's what, what Paul is saying. That word confident is the same word he uses in Romans 8 when he says, I'm persuaded. I'm persuaded. I've seen too much. I know too much to know, to think differently. Yeah. I know I know too much. Like, I'm ruined. I am persuaded that neither life nor death, that neither na- nakedness nor peril, neither sword nor famine, neither angel nor demon, neither heaven or hell, neither things to come, the things that are, are now, things that, whatever, right? He says... I am persuaded that nothing can separate me from the love of God shown in Christ Jesus, right? And so he's, he's talking about this disposition, this conviction of our spirit and our believing in who God is. Watch, but it's not just about who God is, it's about who we are. Yes, God is love, but nothing can separate me from me, the object of his love. 
So my job is to be persuaded and confident that the one who loves me started a good work in me, right? And so I want you guys to understand this, that you may not be a complete work, but you can see you're still a good work, yeah. right? Because a lot of times we think, well, if it's not finished, it's no good, mm. you know? But I don't have a right to call an artist's halfway done masterpiece not good because in the artist's mind, it's already done. And that's how God looks at us, right? Like he's eternal. He, we're limited by the space-time continuum. We're lim- limited by linear time. But he, our God is an infinite being, And so he sees all things at all times. He's omniscient. So when he looks at our life, he sees the finished, the finished work. He doesn't, he doesn't live with the tensions that you and I have about like, oh man, how am I going to pay for my kid's college? Or what am I going to do? Like, well, like in the next two or three years or whatever, whatever tensions are keeping you up at night, giving you stomach aches and migraines, right? When he looks at you and he looks at me, he sees a good work. Now I'm going to give you a couple of thoughts, a couple of definitions in that, um, First of all, that word good, that word good is um, the word that was used like six or seven times in, the, in, in Genesis chapter one when he's looking th- during the Genesis week and he saw day and night that it was good and that was the first day. And then he saw that it was good. It was the second day. Notice he's calling an incomplete creation good, right? And I love it because like every day he's calling it good. It's, it's suitable, it's usable, and it's pleasing, it's incomplete. Like that's literally that the word that Moses uses good literally means that it's suitable. It's good enough for where it's, where we are today. This is suitable. I want you to hear that. Like your life right now is suitable. It's good enough for where you are today. Where you are right now is enough. Everything you have is everything you need, right? So when God looks at our life, we, we see an incomplete work, but he sees a good work. He sees something that is suitable. It's good enough for today. It's usable. There's redeeming factors in it. Like I can use where you are right now. It's usable and it's pleasing. I love where I love you and I love where you are right now. Right? So he who began the good work in you is faithful to complete it. Man, and so I just want you guys to really just latch on to that. I want you to be persuaded that you are good. I want you to be persuaded that where I'm at today is suitable for God. It's enough. It's right where he wants me today. It's enough. It's usable. It, I may not be done with medical school, and a lot of you are thinking that way, right? Like, when I finish this degree and I land this job, God's going to use my life. No, he's going to use your life on campus. No, he's going to use your life right now, right where you are. Not, I mean, it's not, when, it's not when you get the bends. He can use you right in your, like, 1989 Nissan Sentra. That was one of my first cars, right? Like, he can use you right there, man, right? And he's pleased. He's happy. He's, he's, he's so proud of you right? And he's faithful, but, but he doesn't, he's not a halfway God, right? So he's good with you, but he's also faithful f- to finish the job he started, yeah. you know? So that's I one of the most beautiful things I think about, about, you know, our heavenly father is that he doesn't leave you where he finds you. Beautiful he man. He picks you up. He that's takes you where he's going and he, and he gives you that new identity. And I think that, you know, no matter where you're listening today, I just want to encourage you that it's important for you to Listen to podcasts. It's important for you to open up your Bible and read it for yourself. It's important for you to to worship. It's important for you to, to jump on the church app and listen to all the teaching. Because 100%. we're talking about becoming. And it will be impossible for you to become who God made you to be without you renewing your mind. We have a lot of Christians that are trying to become something. that They become who God made them to be. 
but they haven't renewed their minds. They're stuck in this whirlwind of, I, can, I can't do it, I can't do it. It's because you haven't renewed your mind. Mm. And I think that's probably the most important piece when it comes to how, how we believe is you have to start seeing things different, <laughs> thinking things different, seeing it from God's perspective. Perspective changes everything. Every, wow, man. Perspective changes it all. It changes it. When you start seeing God uh, from a different perspective, your relationship with Christ will totally shift. Darius Daniel says this, and I, and I loved it. He said, if you see Jesus as a carpenter, he can fix your house. If you see him as a son of God, he can fix your life. That's brilliant. You know what Mark said about leaning into the word? The word will absolutely change you. Um, Romans 12 says this, you know, do not be conformed to this world. Right. And that's what we're, that's, if we're not careful, that's what we'll catch ourselves doing, or that's what we'll end up doing, conforming, trying to fit into a mold and expectation and opinion, a preference, but God doesn't want you to conform. He wants you to be transformed, right? He's, he's, he's creating something brand new, unique, and incredible in each and every single one of us. So he doesn't want us to conform. On the contrary, I really believe that God wants us to have claustrophobia, right? I think he wants us to have us a he wants us to have a hard time fitting into small spaces, small thinking, small minds, small ideas, right? And maybe just maybe I'm praying in my spirit right now that you develop a little bit of claustrophobia in if if your thinking is man I just need to conform into this job, this four-year plan, this thing. Now I'm not saying that's wrong, but I also believe that God wants you to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How right. do you renew your mind? The word of God. You renew your mind with the washing of the word. And I believe this with all of my heart. It's what it's what has changed my life. It's what's changed me as a man, as a husband, as a father, as a leader. Um, it has been the word of God. Where Psalm 119 verse, verse 9 says, How will a young man change his ways? But by the word of God. Your word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. Wow, man, that's so good. Hey, we just want to thank you again for joining us today here on the Prime Culture Podcast. We have a lot of great things coming up. March 19th, our next Culture Night over at Epic Rail Yard. It's going to be an awesome night. We want to see you there. You better bring some with you. Friends, don't let friends miss Culture Night. Secondly, you got to get to Essential Live. Essential is going Let's live go. on March 25th. It's going to be amazing. If you're not following us on Instagram at This Prime Culture, keep up with everything that's happening and share this podcast. We'd appreciate it. Hey, go leave a rating for us. Give us five stars if you mean it. Give us five even if you don't mean it. Hey, leave a review. We'd love to review. hear. We'd love to hear what you think. But absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. share share this 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 podcast with someone who you feel like needs it, man. We want to hear back from the culture. Let us know what you think. You know, uh, shout us out. Send us some DMs at this prime culture on Instagram. Maybe some things you want to hear us talk about. Some subject matter, man. We're really excited about what we're building here with this podcast. And so, uh, love y'all. Till next time, do it for the culture. <laughs>